You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, welcome in. It's Wednesday, May the 6th. It's Winning Cures Everything. I'm Gary. Chris. And we are ready to rock and roll. We got a lot of football to discuss today. Good gracious, a ton of college football, a ton of NFL stuff going on. And we're going to talk some hypotheticals. We're going to have some fun with some of these topics. And uh, and I'm ready for it. So, before we do that, of course, we want to go ahead and tell everybody that jumps in every day, thank you you guys run the chat. You guys help us along with some of these conversations. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate that. It is incredibly thoughtful that you guys would take the time out of your day. Uh, Matt jumps in already on YouTube. Michael jumps in on Twitch. And McKinnon jumps in already as well. That's uh, that's that's the Star Wars, man. That That's the dudes. They are here every single day. And we've got other guys that jump in as well. But we want you to know how much we appreciate you. Uh, we, we couldn't do it without you. Matt already jumping in on the murder hornets. I ain't talking about no damn murder hornets, man. <laughs> I'm tired of these things. There's a there's a news story today that said the whole thing's a fraud. Did you see that? That's a, Yeah, like there was this big New York Times article about how murder hornets are whatever, and now there's another article that says like the whole thing's made up and it's just whatever. So anyway, thank you guys for jumping in the chat. We really appreciate you. Everybody else, go to winningcureseverything.com. You can subscribe to all of our different platforms over there. The live show is on Facebook, Twitch, Periscope, and YouTube. And then, of course, you've got the podcast, and you can subscribe to that at any of your favorite podcast apps. Make sure you leave a nice review, and feel free to jump in and uh, and comment at any point. Leave nice reviews, uh, tell all your friends about it, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Michael said, and now you're talking about murder hornets. Yeah, I kind of did for a minute there, but... It is what it is. The main thing is, we just wanted to say thank you to everybody that, uh, that's that been hopping in here lately. You guys have been fantastic, and we can't thank you enough. So, uh, Chris, are you ready to talk football? Let's go. Now, this is a, a little bit of a hypothetical, but, it, you know, it's a look into the future. That's what we've been doing when there's no live sports. So, let's discuss the Pac-12 and 
recruiting going forward. My question to you is, could the Pac-12, at least in college football, benefit from the current situation that we are in with the COVID-19 pandemic? Uh, The reason I ask this question, defensive tackle Corey Foreman, number one player in the upcoming recruiting class, decommitted from Clemson a couple of weeks ago, and... You know, it's kind of a big deal because Clemson doesn't get a lot of decommits. But it's the first of many that we think we will see going forward, at least some of the the recruiting gurus, the guys at 247 Sports, etc. It's the first of many that we're going to see in the past, just in the last like five years or so. The Pac-12, USC, Oregon, etc., they have started losing kids to the East Coast, to SEC schools like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, et cetera, the the big boys. And they're getting, you know, top 10, top 20 players out of California to go to school in the Southeast and and just on the East, right? With this pandemic and the way that things may change going forward, people may not be as interested in leaving uh, or or going so far away from home that they couldn't get back, right? Uh, Ben jumps in, he tosses in dollar signs already. Yeah, another reason I bring this up, there's an ESPN article today about USC and how they plan to, uh, quote, take back the West. Uh, you know, I'm I'm curious, if, if the Pac-12, you know, if the boosters have money, Oregon, USC, et cetera, if they've got money and, and they can get these kids to play there, then yeah, obviously money is a big thing. But does the pandemic change anything for you, Chris? Do you think going forward that we're going to see any changes? Uh, all right. Going forward or this year, those are two different things. Well, because this I think year, the pandemic so, could affect this year. Could it affect twenty twenty one? That going forward, next year's recruiting class will have any effect on this thing if we get this thing licked and beat and we move on with normal life. You know, by you know Christmas or whenever it is. So you don't think that it changes uh, just the Long way that term, life is like done? Five years, we're going to look back and say the pandemic's the reason USC's back. I mean, it's a, it's a question. That's why I'm no, bringing it up. The answer to that is no. C- can it affect this year? Yes. Okay, so you, because, you think because it's only... I don't think coaches are going to be able to travel. I don't forget the coaches. I don't think the kids are going to be able to travel the way they normally travel to look at schools. I don't think mom and daddy are going to want them to travel that far to look for schools. And if they are all coming from that area, then that is fine. And and I do think that more kids will stay home. So yes. Do I think in two years any kid's going to give a damn about this at all and stay home? Absolutely not. Hey, you, Absolutely you may have not. a point there, That's a, which is why I brought this up. You know, there's uh, there's the whole campaign of Take Back the West that USC has adopted here recently, and it, it does make me question. If they want to take back the West, they got to break out the money. And that's that well, we, yeah. we know that. And we that's know what ben, how this works. That's what Ben said. Uh Matt you have, in. Ben's exactly right. You have NFL rosters and you have yeah. NFL paydays in the SEC. And that's just the way it is. There's no Ohio salary State, cap Clemson, in college football. <laughs> no, there is no salary cap. And it's all d- done under cover of darkness. Yeah. On YouTube, Matt said, uh, think that it could also be that these kids may lean toward a political side and the West Coast is different than some of the schools in the South and Southeast. Eh, I don't know about all that. I mean, you're talking like 17-year-old kids. I don't, I don't know about that. I think some of them might do that, but I think for the most part, look, while all of these are super Republican states that are really good at football, 
I, very few of these kids could care less about that. They're not yeah. Republicans, and they're not running away from them. The damn sure not scared of them. No, you got that they're right. They're gods there. They're worshipped there. So why would they be afraid of them? You got it. Uh, Michael on Twitch said there will never be a lack of people wanting to leave California. That is a hundred percent the truth. And then I don't uh, know. I think those are. I think that's older people. I don't think that's younger people. Yeah. I don't think the kids have any problems with any of the uh, restrictions of of California. That is a that truth. is a red tape thing that you deal with as an adult, but not as an 18, 19, 20 year old child. Well, I, or or seventeen kid. years old when you know when you're trying to make that. Oh, decision. 17, you're not dealing with any of it yeah. at all. Uh, McKinnon said, Hell, I'm sure the parents are large proponents of kids staying closer to home in case emergencies happen like we are seeing today. Big reason why I chose Memphis over other shooting schools. I might have a dash of paranoia, but I always have a plan to get back to the Ozarks if some crazy shit happens. And I think this pandemic will make more people think along those lines. I do think there will be some people that it will affect. It's not going to be I, I a ton. I don't, I don't think three years from now anybody will be affected by it. That's, at I, all. I do worry about, about this generation and, and how we are today. I don't feel like I don't feel like we learn from the past as well as we used to. Does that make sense? Like I, I don't know what there is to learn from. What are you talking about? Well, I'm d- not not necessarily anything specific. I'm just talking about we, as a society, we just dive into things without really. At, this is a very broad brush I'm painting. Maybe I don't need to. Well, talk now, about I, this. I need to know what you're talking about. Well, I don't have. I don't when have it comes specifics. to recruiting, if you're making an analogy from something else, and tell us about it. But no, if no, you're no. Like talking about recruiting, I, I don't. I don't. I, we just. I just don't agree. We're not just talking about the pandemic in general, right? We've had all these things happen before, and yet the uh, the the office of the president, you know, shut off all of the funding for our uh, our disease whatever stuff back in 2017, right? So that was one of the things that he initially cut funding for, and then we have this happen. Like, there were people that wrote articles about how if something were to happen like this pandemic, this is where we would be in trouble, and here's how it would happen. And I wouldn't, I mean, I'll be damned if it didn't happen to a T. So, yeah, you know, like, not learning from the past is, you know, I don't know. I, I personally... Like, my daughter's talking about going out to school in California or whatever. I would like that she stays closer to home uh, because of stuff like this. But, you know, I mean, in, there, in two years, I, three I will years, tell you I'm this. There is nowhere in the world that my child could be that I don't feel like I could get to them. Right now, in the midst of the pandemic, if my kid was in California, I could get to her. I just could. I yeah. just, no, I true. just could. I'm not. I'm not worried about not being able to get them home. I can make that happen. Yeah, no, you're right. As long as they are not held hostage, and I'm not physically able to get to them, because a litany of army is in front of me, and I'm just one person. Then, 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 no. There's nowhere they can be if I know where they are. That I don't think I can get to them and get them home. That's a, you. You may have a valid point. Like so long as they're not it's overseas. Not like stuck in a third world country here. Yeah. Okay. No, no, you're we, right. We've got plenty of gas. Our country's not running low on fuel. All right. Hop in the damn car. Drive four days to California like they used to do a long time ago. Grab her ass. Throw her in the car. Drive four days back. Yeah. This isn't hard. We're just used to hopping on a plane to be in there in eight hours. That's a, Matt's jumping in here with these conspiracy theories and whatnot. I swear. I swear to God. Uh, Tim Crosby jumps in on Facebook, said, love the show, fellas. Keep it up. We appreciate that, obviously. Uh, but no, always- when it gets back to recruiting, 
I think, yeah. yes, this year recruiting is going to be drastically different than it used to be. I absolutely believe that. The other schools I think could benefit from that are some of the smaller schools in the SEC. Mississippi produces a metric shit ton of Division One football players that usually goes to Alabama, LSU, Florida, Georgia, Texas A&M. People come into Mississippi and they steal kids every year. 100%. Right? So think about those schools and how it might benefit them. Think about the University of Memphis. How many schools come into Memphis across the country and take kids? And now do they stay home or do they not? Yeah. So it, th- this isn't just USC, we're taking back the West. This is going to affect every hotbed in basketball. Be very, very careful of the next couple of years of the D.C. area because the D.C. area has been getting pilfered by Memphis, Kansas, Kentucky, and UNC, Duke all day long. If those kids stay home and they go to Georgetown oh, and they go to Maryland, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to get crazy. All right, you're going to see teams that you haven't seen in a long time be good, be good. Okay? I mean, we hell, we saw it this year. I mean, you, you yeah. had Dayton, San Diego State. Like, and it, all it, it was takes a crazy... in basketball, especially, yeah. is one kid to be elite and say, "I don't care about the big school. I'm going to stay home." Yeah, you're right. That's about all that. it takes is a, a world class athlete, especially in basketball, where you only have five players on a court at one time. Yeah, now you're uh, one you're guy can right. can totally change that. So. Yeah, I think I think we could absolutely see this affect this year. There is a chance, depending on what high school football looks like next year, do it. Because here's the other thing: it's not just parents wanting kids to stay closer, and and all of that, and kids wanting to make mama happy. It's relationships with high school coaches. And right now, you know, you can be in Clemson, LSU, Alabama, Ohio State, and have good relationships with high school coaches in California but you're not seeing them a lot right now. And you're not going to see them in a lot yeah. for a while. At, at least but not in person. All those, all those local colleges are, and and that can help push kids where, where you know, they need them to get. Now, you got that right. You got that so right. So, yeah, I do. But the concept of being 18 years old and going away to college and running away from your family for a couple of years and going crazy, that's not changing, man. That, that's not going anywhere. Kids in Alabama want to get the hell out of Alabama. Kids in California want to get the hell out of California. Yeah. They, they just want to see the world. Everybody's lived in these bubbles as high school students and under, and now they have this opportunity to go somewhere else. That's not going away. No, Three years from now when we can travel freely, those kids are going to pack up their shit and they're going to leave just like they always have. Yeah, Matt uh, jumped in on YouTube, said, I made that drive to Cali and back uh, from Memphis. Yeah, that's a, that's a long drive. Matt said some of these kids are dumb. Didn't one pick Clemson because there was a Chick-fil-A on campus, and then he he went and did the research while we were talking. Said it was Casanova McKenzie that picked Auburn over Clemson because there was a Chick-fil-A on campus. Uh, and then Michael jumped in. Well, McKinnon, talking about your uh, drive four days out there and then drive four days back. McKinnon said, hell, Chris, give me a call. We'll be an army of two. My hillbilly ass will make it worthwhile. <laughs> And then Michael said, yeah. uh, California does have Skid Row. It's pretty close to a third-world country. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I see where you're coming from on that. My thought process was more with the parents, but you're right. Like, leaving it up to the kids more so, uh, I think kids are making more of their decisions nowadays than the parents are. And, and you're right. 
You're right. It may Our not change a whole lot. in the South are different. Those those young, poor black kids that are getting recruited in the South that are top-tier elite players, no, they go where mama tells them to go. I, now, well, I'm, some I'm of speaking them. a little yeah. out of pocket here. I don't know that those kids in California are being raised the same way, okay? I know in Louisiana, you go where mama tells you to go. Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, I know you go where mama tells you to go. They, they don't even talk to daddy. Nobody recruits daddy anymore in the South. You go where mama tells you to go. Yeah. The only one that was different that was Landon Collins. cultures are the same out West. Yeah. So no, I, don't, right. I don't know that that's, you know, that's being listened to. I do think those kids, because they grew up in bigger cities, they're able to do far more than we could ever do growing up in a small town that, that they are more independent. They are more free thinking. They are more do more for themselves than we were ever allowed to do. And therefore they're, they're going to depend on their own decision-making more than we do. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You are. That's my logic. Right. I don't know. It could be all wrong. No, I, I see where you're coming West. from. Like I, I, I think I agree with you. Um, Michael jumped out and said, there is a completely different culture out here, Chris. Yeah. And, and I'm with you. I just, I don't think, I don't think people are going to remember this time so much in like a year or so. Like when when we get done, you give it a year after everything goes back to normal and people will forget what what happened and how scary it was at first. So that that's where my thought process was is okay, well in in 3 4 years like the parents will remember hey, like it when everything happened, you know, Everybody had to yeah, leave like school. Those parents are going to be thinking that stuff. But I, I think you're right. I, I just I, I think society's a lot different now. I don't, you know, Ben said Chris is right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand it. I can understand it. So I get where you're coming from, and that's why I bring these questions up. I want your perspective on it. You and I think differently a lot of times, but um, but you know, we can uh, we can debate it, and then we can we can try and win each other over. You won me over with this one. I, I see where you're coming. I appreciate from. it. I'm glad. Let's uh let's jump into the next topic here and write down my time here. The NFL schedule will be released at 7 p.m. God's time on Thursday, May the 7th. The first four weeks per John Clayton, uh, he was on 93.7 in Pittsburgh earlier today. The first four weeks will be all NFC versus AFC games. And what that means, basically, and they haven't done this before from what I understand, the first four weeks, Pittsburgh, this year, it is their rotation to play against the AFC East. So, so the AFC North is playing the AFC East. Sorry, NFC East. Excuse me. Well, NFC. Yeah, AFC yeah. North is playing the NFC East. Right. Yes. So the, the Steelers' first four weeks this year will be against the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Redskins, and the Giants. Yeah, same will be for the Browns, same will be for the Ravens, same will be for the uh, Bengals. Right, so so the reason that they are doing this, I'm going to assume, and you and I both, I think, agree on this, we talked a little bit off the air about this, is because the games don't really mean anything, right? They don't mean as much. Right, right, they don't mean as much. They, they still mean something. Obviously, your final record is what it is. But right. it's not worth as much for ticket sales, it's not worth as much. Well, I mean, good gracious, you got the Steelers and the Cowboys. That's kind of a big deal. You're you're hoping that by September, you have fans in the stands, right? So, if you do have these big, I don't, time, I don't think they care about any of that stuff. I think if a hundred percent 
can we make the playoffs? Field tiebreakers. I think to playoff seating and tiebreakers are always going to be division first, conference second, and and that's that's it. That's just how it's going to always work. And we're we're assuming we're not going to get much of a spring training. We're assuming that preseason or a, is a fall be, camp, right? Yeah, yeah, fall camp. Very short. It's already they don't hit enough and they don't practice with pads enough anyway. So let's make sure the first four weeks, the damn sure not playing a divisional game because those games basically equal two games. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, on the on the record and uh, and and if we can push conference games back, let's push them back. And it's just the easiest way to do it. We are we already know what what divisions are going to play one another in the crossover. So let's just make those the first four games of the season, and then we can move forward with everything else. Now, Michael jumped in on Twitch. I think that's smart, by the way. Yeah, and Michael jumped in on Twitch. He said, thank goodness I hate the Raiders-Denver season openers. Uh, He said, Brady coming to Denver will be a big-ticket game. Um, Yep. And then Tim Crosby jumps in on Facebook and said, uh, we'll be in Vegas, uh, Vegas Raiders against the Bucks, no matter what or when. Uh, I mean, a lot of that depends on whether or not they open it up to fans, right? So, yeah, Yeah. you're, you're going to get some really massive games that, you know, it, if they don't open it up for fans, you know, there's still so much that has to be figured out right now. Good gracious. I can't wait to see what the schedule but looks then, like. But the NFL doesn't care about fans. They care about that television rating. So when the Cowboys and Steelers play, it's just going to do a monster number. It's going to be the late afternoon game, I can assure you, yeah. and they're only going to have one or two other games going on, and they're going to see to it those are two shitty games. Yeah, now you're you're probably right. Uh, I mean, they I, do it every year. The Cowboys match up like last year. They did the same thing with the Cowboys and the Packers. Yeah. They they just an opportunity to have a monster number. Let's just have a monster number, and it was them and one other game in that late game series. Oh yeah, and and it, I, I'll tell you this: this fall, if the NFL is playing on time, it is going to be absurd. Like the yep. ratings are going to be astronomical. Uh, yes. <laughs> Matt said, "I miss going to games and drinking twelve dollar beer." Yeah, twelve dollar beer always tastes a little bit better than a five dollar beer, you know. Um, so it, Tim said, "What about the? Uh, what do you think about the first uh, fifteen thousand in the stand? Oh no, the fins fifteen thousand in the stand. So this was an interesting concept, uh, and we'll toss this into this uh, before I get to my other question about the schedule. Um, Miami brought up an idea of possibly, maybe allowing only fifteen thousand people in at a time." And you would reserve your time to enter the stadium. And if yep. you're wanting concessions, you you place an order like through an app or whatever, and then you are allotted a time to go pick it up. And they need to move concessions to an app anyway. They yeah. they just yeah. need to hire a lot more people to bring you and basically it'd be waiter service. That's yeah. that's the way all concessions need to go. By every game I've ever gone to, I don't like leaving the game. I don't like leaving my seat. Ever, I'm like a camel. I never have to pee. I agree. And I just want to hunker in and never move. And the fact that I have to leave and then time it right, and ho- so I either wait in line forever or I miss a big part of the game to go grab something because the line's shorter. We live in a world where there's no reason for me not to pull my phone out, pull an app out, buy my food, and 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes later, somebody shows up with it. There's yeah. no reason we don't live in that world right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Now, they're uh, not talking about doing that. They're talking about ordering your food and then and then you go like pick it them up. telling you when it's ready and then you go pick it up so nobody else is around. 
why not just have somebody bring it to you? I'm yeah. just come on. Let's bypass this whole let me miss the game and run up there. You know, that's just insane to me. And I've just created jobs. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. You just created some jobs. And it's not like I mean, these are minimum wage kind of jobs. But No, but dude, when I was a kid, if you were if you were seventeen years old right now in Hollow Branch High School and you could have gone to the FedEx forum to deliver food to folks in the middle of, you know, for a basketball season, wouldn't that have been the best job ever? <laughs> Just wanted to say hi to McKinnon. <laughs> that was my wife for anybody that doesn't know. But, but uh, wouldn't that have been the best job ever? Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, yeah. I would have done it at Grizzlies games. I would have done it, you know, wherever. So I, Anywhere I, I could. Yeah. Anywhere I could. I, I think that's a, a fantastic On way to go On Sundays, I'd have driven up to Nashville just to, just to work for Sunday and driven back. <laughs> Michael said, uh, first off, uh, you have to pregame. Can't buy those stadium beers. Then he said, "Do fifteen thousand people go watch the Fins anyway?" Uh, yeah, it's a, it's about. It, <laughs> McKinnon said, "Hey Jess, there you go." <laughs> the pro- the problem uh, you get to is 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 because I'm actually okay with this. I like this idea of saying, "Hey, we hold sixty thousand people, and how many how many folks are like you've got to find a way to do it where it's." Nobody goes to a game by themselves. Okay. Yeah. Of course. So like, if if a family of three go to a game then you don't have to stay six feet apart. You live together. You yeah. came together. It's okay. Yeah. So I think there's a way to get 25, 30,000 people in this places and be safe. I really do. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tim Crosby, again, on Facebook said, ballet food service, that's a great idea. Like, yeah, I agree with you, Chris. I think that's a great idea. Uh, my uh, Matt said, I agree with Michael. I think they are really hopeful on that number of 15,000. And then Matt said, just take a sip of beer off the top. By the end of the night, you're too drunk to use power tools. Yeah, 100%. Um, let's uh, let's jump off of that. Let's stay in the NFL for a second and stay on the NFL schedule. I am curious about this. I'm, I'm curious your top or your, uh, your ideas on it. I think the league is going to put less primetime games in California and New York this year because obviously they, they schedule out, you know, Thursday night, Monday night, da 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 and you always have, you know, the teams in Cali and the teams in New York, like the Giants and the Jets, on Monday Night Football. You always do because it's a massive media market. I don't think they are going to have them on those nights because I don't think that they are going to be ready to allow fans, and I think that some other states are going to be able to allow fans. I think the Texans and the Cowboys, et cetera, you know, by October, somewhere around there, I think they're going to be letting fans into the stands. I think it's going to change the schedule. Do you feel the same way? I don't I don't know. I think if we don't get a, a game in New York, it's strictly because both those teams are just trash and nobody wants to watch them. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it hasn't mattered in the past. And then you still have a New York team playing on Monday Night Football to get all those eyeballs and have them playing in Dallas or in one of the other – teams yeah. or whatever, one of the other places. So I also don't think this, I'm going to tell you, this is the truth, man, and you can disagree with me or not. If one team can't have fans because of their rules, no team's going to have fans. That's just it. They're not going to say you can go to Cowboy Stadium and they get a home field advantage, but when we have to play in MetLife Stadium, there is no fans. That's not going to happen. I assure you of that. It is just like the headset rule, man. If your headset goes down on one side, then both the other team has to take their headset off. 
and that is just the way we're going to get this, Gary. You can say the governors can do whatever the hell they want. That's fine. The NFL is ruled as an equal line across the board. Well, I'm just the the reason I'm curious about this is, you know, that is if you look at the revenue that is brought in through ticket sales uh, last year, it was over three point two billion dollars in in ticket sales alone. That's that's I'm going to disagree with that number right there. That's got to be stub up and stuff like that. That is that is not what these NFL teams make off of the ticket sales. No, no, no. For the for all 32 teams for the entire season. I'd be shocked. And that's that's insane. Really? I don't I don't. Yeah. That's maybe insane. it was a maybe also, it was a crazy number. Also, think of the overhead for that three point two billion dollars too, because now you've got concession workers, you've got all security, you've got all of these extra things that you're paying for that you won't have. Right. So, well, here, okay. So let me let me kind of wrap this into what I was thinking here. My my thought process is: you let the the places that can have fans have the fans. You let them do it. And the other ones don't, but you split that ticket revenue. They don't care about the revenue, Gary. It's about competitive balance. You're telling me the NFL doesn't care about revenue? Uh, no, I mean, that's I'm telling 100% you that they don't it. care about ticket sale revenue. I don't know, man. I, like, I, The I, television money is so ridiculous, they don't give one hot damn about ticket sale yeah, revenue. Yeah, I mean, it, regardless of whether they sell a ticket or not, they're all in the black. It wouldn't matter. So, I mean, the TV... They care about the television revenue, and the only way, and they're the smartest league out of all of them, the only way to keep that TV money up is you've got to have competitive balance. You you cannot have a team that has a great home field advantage atmosphere, and then the other team has to play in in, in an empty stadium for their home crowd. Now, if they can't draw fans, that's on them, but at least they have the opportunity to do both, okay? That's a good point. Just, just like you get to draft first if you're terrible. If you draft poorly, that's on you. We at least set this thing up to where you get to pick before the other guys get to pick. I'm going to tell you, if my headset goes out, they make you take your headset off. They yeah. care about competitive balance because they understand that's why they have the fandoms that they have. And that amount of money, see, you do this, you say – you know, they don't care about revenue. They care about revenue. What revenue do they care more about? Television revenue or, or, or you know, uh, or ticket, ticket revenue. I mean, you, you got to Because they don't give point. a shit about tickets. They don't give one damn about tickets. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm seeing where you're coming from. I, I'm curious which direction they'll end up going on it because, I, I mean, it is a lot of money. Like, we can sit and talk about how it's not, but it, it's, like, it's not substantial compared to television, but it is money. Um, let's go ahead and hit some of these comments right quick because it, it took off when we started talking about this. Uh, ben said, uh, don't they want to show off SoFi Stadium? Well, I mean, it, does it matter if there's no fans there? I mean, it, yeah, they want to show it off, but I, I mean, who knows? I, I don't even know if they're going to finish that thing. Like, I, I mean, who knows? Uh, Michael Fritz said, I heard rumors that Newsom might shut down live sports until 2021. Uh, Matt said, uh, do like Atlanta and, and just pump in crowd noise. <laughs> That's... Well, we bashing on the Falcons. We we got to talk about them in the draft here in a little bit. Uh, Michael said, a buddy of mine is a Rams season ticket holder. He said, no updates from the Rams. Uh, Matt said, look at what Trolls 2 did to movie theaters. $100 million, and now movie companies are rethinking uh, releasing. Even the Academy Awards are changing to allow non-theatrical releases. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all based on at-home entertainment, right? It, I mean, if we want to talk about movie theaters, 
you and I talked last week about the fact that AMC theaters are banning Universal Studios pictures. Well, now it's not just Jones. AMC. It was another theater group as well. Yeah. I mean, it's it's happening all over the place, but I don't think it's going to affect these movie studios because they are still going to make astronomical numbers. Like, yeah, I think they'll make still more make numbers. a lot of money. Yeah. That's, this, I'm telling you, the league is not going to allow a, a team to have a home field advantage and then and then another team you know, basically in a divisional game situation, let's let's the Cowboys and the and and the Giants is perfect. Yeah, you know, Washington. What what if the Cowboys are the only one and Philly doesn't open up and Washington doesn't open up and the Giants don't open up? Do you think there's any way on earth the league is going to say, okay, it's fine for the Cowboys to play three divisional games and have a shitload of fans in there, but when they go on the road? They don't, they have, don't to have to play to against any fans. crowds at all. That yeah. is not going to happen. It's just not. You you have a very strong point here. I'm uh, I'm with you. I'm I'm curious to see what they'll do. I, you may be right. You may be right. I I'll did be, not I'll think of that this, aspect. I'll of it. be shocked if they allow that to happen. And I think a lot of a lot of owners are going to fight like hell because it's not the owners' fault. Listen, these owners are in these big cities because that's just where they bought a team. That's how it's worked out. But they don't have much control over what these governors are doing. No, all right, of course not. They just don't. No, you're right. McKinnon said, hey, now the dirty birds are dirty for a reason. Rise up. Yeah, I, I know how you Falcons fans are. Let's uh, let's talk a little more college football right quick. Um, let's. Uh, this was a trending topic on Twitter, and, and it kind of got me interested in the idea of it. It was asking, this is Fox College Football, by the way. Their Twitter account always comes up with these uh, these great, you know, poll kind of questions. And they released a graphic. It said, who is the best number five in college football history? Now, number five, kind of an odd number. You don't see a bunch of guys that have that number. But if you go back through history, there are a lot of really good players that had that number. Uh, and I'll go ahead and read off all eight to you, Chris. And I, I'm curious what your answer is. They had... From Syracuse, Donovan McNabb. From Stanford, Christian McCaffrey. From TCU, LaDainian Tomlinson. From West Virginia, they had Pat White. And now the next four, they had Reggie Bush out of USC. Jameis Winston from Florida State. Manti Teo out of Notre Dame. And then Edgar James out of Miami. I obviously... Maybe not obviously. I think the right answer is probably Reggie Bush. I mean, he was just there. He was there a are, now. If if you can take away the the nutsack ability, James Winston's really hard to argue. He didn't lose a college football game for two years. Yeah, I mean, well, he lost to. I mean, he got wiped out by Oregon, but he won what twenty seven games in a row. I think it was okay. That's a lot. Uh, that's, but that's Reggie Bush kind of did the same thing. Hmm. Okay, so you know, I, I, Wait, think, I just, I just disagree. I, now Reggie is obviously second, it, and oh, and here's, I would here's the Twitter. Reggie, the number one guy, but but Reggie, Reggie didn't. A running back is never going to be the reason you won all those games. Agreed. While he was unbelievable, he's not the reason a, you won. A quarterback has got to be more valuable than a running back. Reggie's the answer over the rest of those quarterbacks and receivers and running backs. Michael on but, Twitch said Reggie Bush. Ben on YouTube said Bush. And then McKinnon said 100% Reggie Bush. Uh, because I, nobody I, wants to give Jameis credit for anything. And I don't either, okay? It's a really hard thing to hold your nose. But if you look at the stats, you look at the numbers, and you look at what he did, 
that's it's just unbelievable. It oh, yeah. really is. It it kind of pisses me off that he was that good and that big of an idiot. I I say I, I see where you're coming from with Jameis. I might go Pat White here. Then no chance. I, the reason I say Pat White, I mean he had West Virginia a game from the national championship, and yes, the game against Pitt absolutely, you know, disaster, all that kind of stuff. But he he was a part of what kind of <laughs> the Jackson eighty one said, hey yeah yeah yeah, uh, on on Twitch. Um, oh, and then Tim Crosby said it was Tomlinson. He said Tomlinson over Bush, and then Jameis Winston, and then Edgar and James. It's hard. It's I, hard to I think like of Pat White Tomlinson without college, without without the NFL career. Okay, that that you know that's the that's the kicker. In college, LT was a bad man, but he wasn't. He wasn't yeah. nearly as good as Reggie in college. If they never played it down of NFL. Nobody would think Ladalian over 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 Reggie. Nobody. Yeah, agreed, agreed. As uh, a pro, yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> Michael blew him away. So Tim Crosby said, uh, uh, "Pat White very underrated." The Jackson eighty one said, "Have you watched the People's Court?" Uh, no, but I, I like to think of this show as a People's Court. So there you go. Uh, Obi Matt said, "Manti Teo had ninety nine problems, but a girl ain't one." Oh man, he's he's quick with these one liners, man. Quick. And then uh, Michael said, Pat White, how many glasses have you had, Gary? Yeah, no. This is my only I one. Agree. But the re- listen to what I'm saying here. Pat White. He can be underrated and revolutionized. Still not be worthy of this. He revolutionized offense in college football. That no, offense that West Virginia ran under Rich Rodriguez is what everybody is running now. And I understand not everybody. I get the point. But a large portion of teams are now running that type of system Pat White Rich was ridiculous. Rodriguez revolutionized it. Yes, Pat but White Pat was White was the tool in which he used. That's <laughs> Pat White didn't invent anything. He no, he didn't invent it, but he ran it to perfection. Like he was unbelievable. I like well, Pat he White. Wasn't unbelievable I... in one game. Well, the guy's I, yeah. ass against. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what lost him that game. That was McAfee. Pat McAfee missed a bunch of a bunch of field goals in that game. Early in the voodoo game, lost him that game. It, voodoo, voodoo. <laughs> My boys from LSU showed up. I know. <laughs> uh, Matt Put said Pat ran that it. spread and was amazing, but uh, but you predicted how to shut him down. Like, yeah, you you could you could find ways to shut him down. You got a good defense. You can obviously shut him down. Um, I guess I, I mean, do we like we're not even talking about Donovan McNabb here? McNabb at none Syracuse was unreal. The, they, they were great. They were great. It, yeah. None of the rest of them are close. The the separation between Jameis and Reggie is a massive chasm. You're probably right. Which one would we go with? I mean, probably Jameis. I, I would take Jameis because I'm going to take the quarterback. I think the, I think the quarterback now, has I more to do with I would never in winning. my life want Jameis Winston own a football team of mine ever, 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 ever. ever. But if I'm arguing this situation. I, I got to take the you know my hate away from him and be honest. These dudes are trying to kill me, man. It, Michael jumped in and said, "Pat White, product of a system." You still got to be good enough system to run the system. System quarterback, bam, <laughs> right there. Are we calling Derek King a uh, a system quarterback? I mean, we we'll see what be. he does in Miami. I mean, I, do we do we know? I, I don't. We'll know. find out. <laughs> I swear to God. I think I think we'd have to go Jameis. I think we'd have to go Jameis on that. Um, Reggie Bush is right until you said Jameis's name. Reggie Bush is, was the answer, and it was pretty easily. I, I just think because Jameis is an idiot, it's so easy to overlook what he did and how good he was 
I mean, the guy didn't lose a game for two years. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. His his only loss was a blowout loss, but yeah, it was in a playoff. Uh, now, Matt said Winston just always seemed like he would fold up if he had to consistently play top teams. He played really good teams in the ACC. No, those Florida then. State teams actually had to play good teams. Yeah, they, I mean, they played. Winston that, was really good back then, too. Okay. Yeah. They weren't, they just show up. All right. They were, they were, they were, big they were pretty boys. good. I Miami mean, they, was better back then. Yeah. Florida was Florida was good then, like like they had to play teams. Yeah, they they played some pretty good teams in in 2013 and 2014. It it wasn't you know I mean he his game winning drive against Auburn in the national championship game, like that was yep. all Jameis. So yep, you know I'm I'm with you, but eh, you know it is what it is. It's hard. It's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to hold your nose and say Jameis is the best for this. But in my but opinion, he, I just think what he did was bigger than Reggie. It just was. <laughs> Matt said, this is a W. If we got to eat that W, who wants to eat this W? God, nobody <laughs> wants to eat that W, Jameis. <laughs> McKinnon. want to throw up in my mouth. McKinnon said, if Jameis is on your team, Chris, you might get some free crab legs. So I don't want them. I don't want free crab legs. Man, had the cra- crab legs all up and down his dick. <laughs> who wants that? <laughs> you will go home and cook crab legs that you had all over your nutsack? No, I'm good on that. <laughs> Who the hell's eating them? Uh, Matt said Auburn didn't deserve to be there, and then Michael said Bush affected oh, the game on Matt. special teams as well. Auburn, Auburn deserved to win that. I mean, they were absolutely deserved to be there. Hundred percent. I wish they, they'd have won that game so bad. Oh, oh I, I don't. That game. Not me. Yeah, I was rooting for Florida State the whole time. I don't even like Florida State, but I like them more than Auburn. Me. Not is, me. Is what it is. Let's move on. Let's talk about our NFL. Draft reaction. This is the NFC South today. And we got four teams to hit. We got the Tampa Bay Bucks. We got the New Orleans Saints. We got the Carolina Panthers. And we got the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I guess, uh, any comments that you want to make before we jump into them? Is there is there anything we need to hit beforehand? No. no. Is there a reason? No, no, no. I was just I'm curious. I'm, I, I'm trying to buy time because I'm trying to pull up the stupid... <laughs> Stupid website oh. so I can look at the. <laughs> it is what it is. NFC South. All right, here we go. Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. They uh, they didn't have a ton of picks, but that's okay. Uh, they need their their win total right now is sitting at eight and a half at Vegas. So you know, okay, a lot of people high on them. They've got low Super Bowl odds, all that kind of stuff. However, their win total is still sitting at eight and a half. So it's not crazy. Uh, let's roll through their needs. They needed, and this is for this coming season. I, I swear to God, we have had people killing us in the YouTube comments on each one of these talking about, and it was mostly Rams fans that are, you know, y'all talk about needs, but you know, we're, we're looking into the future two, three years in these picks and blah, blah, it, whatever it, their needs for this season were cornerback, offensive line and defensive line. Okay. Now, here's what the Bucks ended up getting, and we'll just roll through them, and then you and I can talk about them. Round one, they got tackled Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa, who Chris believes is the best tackle in this draft, and I think I would agree with him. Round two, they got safety Antoine Winfield Jr. out of Minnesota. He is pretty awesome. I, I'll, I'll say that. Uh, that. I think that was a steal at 45. Number 76, round three, they got running back Kashawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt. Round five, they got wide receiver Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota. Round six, Khalil Davis out of Nebraska. And then they had two picks in round seven. They got Chappelle Russell out of Temple. 
uh, linebacker, and then they got running back Raymond Calais out of Louisiana. That's one of Billy Napier's kids, and all them boys can play. So, um, they they traded up one spot with the 49ers to make sure that they got Tristan Wirfs, and, and we can talk about whether or not it was worth uh, trading up one spot or not. I think in order to ensure that the 49ers don't trade with anybody else, that you that can go it. up and get the best tackle in this draft. I think it was a good draft. I think it was a good I'm about to say, I don't think they gave up much. They didn't give up hardly they, anything. They gave up number 14 and number 117 to the 49ers in exchange for number 13 and number 245. So they, yeah. they got that last seventh-round pick uh, in exchange for basically a, a fourth-round pick. Yeah. And that's, that's, not, that's, I, I think not that's so okay. bad. And, and here's the thing. The the reason you do that is because you have good enough intel to know that somebody else is trading up to take that pick. Yeah, and I, I now obviously there was no news about it, but I, I think no. you know you you make that pit, you make that trade just to ensure that it, nobody else does it. There because, was there was no news about it, but this was also the least like news insider um, draft we've ever had. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, so, nobody knew so what was going on So just because it wasn't reported, you know, the teams we know it didn't happen with were, you know, the teams where there was a writer that was on the Zoom with these guys going through it and had the information. But that was only like three teams had that. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Uh, second round, Antoine Winfield, I think this is a steal. I, I thought that he was a first-round talent. Uh, there's all the stuff, our Northwestern boys over at Westlot Pirates, they, this was one of the kids that was involved in the uh, sexual assault scandal that it, that ended up costing Tracy Clays his job, basically because he he sided with the kids over the school and blah blah, blah all that kind of mess. Um, yeah, I all that stuff aside, talent. Antoine Winfield was a first round talent. Uh, he yep. is part of what made Minnesota so good last year. Their defense. Uh, while that wasn't what everybody talked about, everybody talked about the wide receivers, whatever, uh, he was outstanding in coverage. He was outstanding uh, in zone. Uh, this is what Pro Football Focus said about him. Uh, former NFL, uh, sorry, former Minnesota safety with NFL bloodlines. Uh, he's an uber-instinctive player who also checked boxes at the combine with his four four five second 40-yard dash. Uh, Mike Renner said, I think he can do things that you want from a versatile modern safety. You can tell when a safety just sees things at a different level, and it shows up again and again on Winfield's tape this past uh, season. The injury history is a concern, but I am more than willing to take a shot on him at 45. Everything that I'm saying here. Uh, Tim Crosby jumped in on Facebook, by the way, at, and I'm guessing that this is his team here. Uh, he said, Ed Reedish. Um, and he's, you know, giving the, the crossed fingers here. Uh, but he said the Bucks got the steal of the draft with Tyler Johnson. Worf and Winfield will produce early. Vaughn is the most underrated pick in the draft. Okay, let's let's kind of tackle these as we go. Keyshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt. Incredible speed, incredible running back. Played on an awful team, but you were able to see what he could, what he was capable of. I, I think they kind of got a steal here. He is a a poor man's. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and he may be just as good. He just wasn't on as good of a team. Um, That's right. Yeah, he just we just don't know what he what he did, you know, in that kind of system at Vanderbilt. Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich, Tom Brady, they're gonna get him the ball. 
100%. And if this guy can can catch the ball out of the backfield, that is, you know, that is James White is what Tom Brady wants. He really doesn't even have to be have the speed that he has, but he he's got to be able to get get open, catch the ball out of the backfield. It's just the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, Pro Football Focus said Vaughn is a solid zone runner with plus speed and burst. He'll get what's blocked and then a little extra. He ranked seventh among all running backs, and he was 146th on PFF's final big board. So if if you look at their final big board, you know 146, and they took him at 76. You you can say that they reached here. I don't think this was a reach. This was a need, and this is a kid that fit exactly what they were wanting to do in Tampa Bay. So I'm all over that. We knew they were coming out of this with a running back. I don't know that there was a better running back that was taken behind him. And there's yeah. the thing is, if they had a pick earlier, would they have taken a better running back? Maybe. But but that wasn't available to them. And I don't know that there was a better guy behind them. No, and you and I both preach about the safety position in the NFL. Uh, you needed a safety. You know, you needed some some secondary help. You go get Antoine Winfield. I think yep. that's a good pick. I think Keyshawn Vaughn, very valuable pick there in, uh, in the third round. In round five, they got wide receiver Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota. The kid can play. He can absolutely play. He is uh, something else. Uh, is he the real tall receiver they had? I don't know they had they had a couple of receivers there at Minnesota that were really good. One of those dudes was super long. Um, I'm trying to. I'm about to hold on, I'm, I'm looking up his uh, his combine stuff right quick. Let's see, Tyler Johnson. It doesn't have it. Hold on, it's pulling up. Did you know that there was a Tyler Johnson that plays for the Tampa Bay Lightning? So just Tyler Johnson, Tampa Bay is not good. I did not. I, I looked up Tyler Johnson, Minnesota. He is six what foot the hell one. Is that? He's six one, two hundred and six pounds. Uh, so six one's not okay. So he's no, he's not, he's the, not super the super tall guy. guy I was thinking of. Okay, no, sure not. Uh, but that's okay. So, <laughs> Link, come on. You want to come over here? Here, come here. We got we got family stuff going on today. Good gracious. Uh, so I don't see a combine as far as speed. I don't see, you know, anything crazy. I do know this: that Minnesota offense was unreal last year. Uh, PJ Fleck is able to. That's right. It is football, buddy. Um, Lincoln's about to go take pictures. So that's what's going on for anybody that's curious. What's happening here? Uh, they're about to leave. So. Um, there's no speed. There's no. Do you want down here? Go get mommy. Go get mommy. <laughs> uh, I, there's no speed on him, but I know he's fast. Uh, let's see. Play strength reminiscent of AJ Brown. Um, let's see. He had a whole lot of school records at Minnesota. I mean, this is all NFL.com stuff. I, I think Tyler Johnson was a steal in round five. I think it was absolutely a steal. Uh, defensive lineman Khalil Davis out of Nebraska. Eh, we'll see. These, these are all flyers. And then Chappelle Russell, linebacker out of Temple. And running back Raymond Calais out of Louisiana to, to wrap it up. I, I'll tell you this. Let's, let's go ahead and talk about uh, whether we like or dislike. I like the Bucks draft. I mean, you could tell they have a plan. They have an idea. We trust Bruce Arians and that staff to be able to put together uh, a, a competitive team. I, I think this was... Uh, I think this was a really good draft. I like what they did. Yeah, I do too. No, I think I think that team is is a pretty complete team. I mean, they're really good at all levels of the game. 
I mean, this this is part building for the future and and building for right now. I mean, you've right. got guys that can contribute immediately. Tristan Run, Wirtz is going to be a day one starter. Walk in the door and play day one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And same same with Tristan Wirfs. I think he will he will start game one. So is what it, Tim Tim said. Come on down to Tampa this year. We may go see Tim, and we may go see TJ here in Lua. I mean, we'll we'll see. It all depends on on uh, on the COVID, I guess you could say. Uh, let's jump off of them. The next team on the docket, the New Orleans Saints, and I am I'm kind of excited about this one. Ten and a half is their win total. Two full games over the Tampa Bay Bucks. They needed wide receiver help, linebacker help, and defensive line help. Um, I don't know that they really got any of that with this class. I, you know, this this whole thing. I mean, they traded away basically their entire draft. You know, uh, Tim, by the way, said two miles from the stadium tailgate party. I, hey, I'm down. I like Tampa. I ain't got a problem with Tampa. Bush Gardens, buddy. Let's do this. Let's do this. I, hey, Tim, hit me up on the DMs. Let's uh, let's plan this. We we got to go see Michael in Denver, and we got to go to Tampa. So, <laughs> hopefully, Chris, you're okay with that. Um, we got a lot of traveling to do this year. The Saints took four draft picks this year. They took uh, Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan in round one, offensive lineman. They took linebacker Zach Bond out of Wisconsin in the third round, which was kind of a steal because there were some people talking about him going early second. They got him at 74. Round three, they traded basically their entire draft to trade up and get tight end Adam Troutman out of Dayton, who nobody knows anything about. If anybody says that they watched Adam Troutman play a full game of football, you are straight line through your teeth right now. Uh, he, he's he got all the measurables. He looks good. If you look at his highlights, sure, why not? But I don't know. And then in round seven, now this has become a big NFL thing. Have you seen all the stories that have come out about this? About uh, about Tommy Stevens? So apparently yeah. the Panthers had talked about, you know, signing, or, or the Saints thought that the Panthers had been talking to Tommy Stevens that they were going to sign him as an undrafted free agent. So the Saints traded back into the seventh round. They took Tommy Stevens, quarterback out of Mississippi State, in the seventh round. And they took him in hopes of trading him to Carolina. You know, blah, blah. It, basically they took him because somebody in their division wanted him and had already worked out some kind of a deal as an undrafted free agent before the draft was done. So then the Saints traded in and just took him anyway, even if they didn't really want him. Because, I mean, the Saints have already got Jameis and Taysom Hill and Drew Brees on the roster. No, nobody's going to do that either. Like, you're keeping another team from getting them, but you're not. At some point in time, you've got too many quarterbacks on the roster. So now yeah. you have four quarterbacks on a roster that you can't carry. Right. All right. If you waste a roster spot on, and as soon as you designate him for the practice squad, anybody can go get him. Yeah. Right. So. Um, you're either going to carry four quarterbacks and give up a, a a roster spot of the 53 man. That's that's tough to do, brother. Oh yeah. Or, ben, ben on YouTube said they now have three and a half quarterbacks. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but I I think that's a that's a this is a this is a a thing that I don't like at all. They've this is a team that's drafted really well the last couple of years. And, uh, and and they've built their team in a pretty impressive way, so it's yeah. hard to question them. But I just I just disagree with worrying about what your other 
teams in your division are doing. You make your team better and don't don't play these games. Don't dick around. Take who you need to take because what are you going to get back for him? You're not going to trade him in the division. That's just not going to happen. And they're not going to give you any real asset for a guy that's a unproven. There's yeah. a reason that he's an undrafted free agent. They want to see what he looks like when they work him out and, you know, whatever. So I just disagree with that. Uh, Michael said Carolina will eventually get him if they want. They're not going to keep him on the roster. And then Matt said, does Hill really count as a quarterback? Ben responded to him and said, half a quarterback. Yeah, at Taysom Hill, you know, I don't know that they're actually going to list him. But you're as using a, a 53-man roster spot for him every yeah. sa- uh, every every Sunday. That's the the, the reason this is a, such a big deal is because it is uh, against league policy to make deals with uh, draftees before the draft is over. That's why the Saints took him. It's the whole thing's goofy. Like obviously, we know that teams make deals with players before the draft is done. Otherwise. They wouldn't have contracts done immediately after the draft. As as, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, these guys know if you get, but here's the thing telling a kid if you don't get drafted, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there is having either. a deal in place, but if you don't get drafted, tells them we like you, but we're not going to draft you. Uh, we, we like you, but we may not have enough draft picks. Yeah. Well, I that mean, just says they're not going to draft them. If you're working out an undrafted deal with them, you're not drafting that kid. That's a that's a very good point. So the Saints, uh, four picks. Um, you know Ruiz. Like, I, let, let's talk about the the ones that they did get. Let, let's leave so the Tommy. first two picks I like. The other two I don't know anything about. Well, the the quarterback pick I know I, that was a dumb. Yeah, pick. Tom, was a Tommy Stevens. Like he he, I mean he dealt with a and, ton and of injuries. I also don't think Tommy Stevens is projecting to be a good quarterback in the NFL. Either. No, I don't think so. so. I, I think he might be a Taysom Hill kind of guy. Uh, Michael said, "I don't get the Caesar pick with Breeze having a couple years left. You think they'd get immediate help? I I think they feel like Ruiz could be immediate help. Yeah, I just don't see it. Um, you know, I, I think like here's the thing: the measurables, like you you don't see it with the measurables, but if if you watch the tape of Michigan. Like, Cesar Ruiz is a beast, and he comes to work on every single play, yep. even if he's not that pretty, you know, 6'5", 340-pound, you know, whatever guy. He is still a stud, and he just... It, I, I Part of me really likes that underdog card. They got a lot of underdog kind of guys on this team, and he kind of fits into that mold. I think I kind of like that pick. I, the linebacker, Zach Bond, out of Wisconsin... Yeah. Like it, pick. that's an incredible value pick. Like incredible value. to get him in the third round is ridiculous. I think that was a really good pick. So those I think are great. The the tight end Adam Troutman. I don't know the first thing about him, but nope. if if they liked him enough to trade the rest of their draft to go up and get him, you know I'm a I'm a trust Sean Payton and that bunch to make sure so, that, uh, that so this I, is the right I guy. I heard I heard some logic by about t- Sean Payton trading all those because they were all sixth and seventh round draft picks that they traded. It was a bunch of them, but he didn't give up anything that wasn't a sixth or a seventh round pick. Okay, yeah. so the logic behind that is Sean Payton said we're always going to be able to pick up another sixth round pick or our seventh round pick because. The, the Vikings aren't going to be able to sign all those guys. And all these other teams are going to drop guys that they drafted to. And yeah, then I mean, we the, can the just Jags go had, sign. what, 15 picks? I mean, it, yeah. they're not going to so, sign so, so they're saying that the concept of if there's a guy available that you want 
and all you're doing is trading large volumes of late round picks and there's nobody late that you've got your eye on that you want to take a flyer on just just deal the picks get the dude you want because all of these other teams are going to cut guys oh yeah and when they do you don't have to cut anybody. You'll actually need two or three more guys, and you'll be able to go pick those guys up for nothing. It's a very smart way of looking at it. Uh, ben said, this is a good question. Why is everyone getting labeled as Taysom Hill? First it was Jalen, now it's Tommy Stevens. Uh, look, it, it. I don't know Hang that on. Taysom Hill brought a whole lot to the table anyway. That, my question is this. Not why is he – I'm asking a different question than this. Not why is everyone getting labeled as Taysom Hill – why do we think he's that valuable for a That's, guy? You're going to pull your quarterback, the most important player in all of football, off the field to run a gadget play with this other guy that does something different. Yes, he makes defenses worry and practice and spend time working on things that they don't normally have to work on. You know what? I would rather, if you told me, Chris, you got to play the Saints, but don't worry. Five plays in that game, they're going to pull Drew Brees off of it. Now, because of that, we got to spend time trying to to stop this other kid, and here's the things that he does differently. I would be happy with that because those are five plays that Drew Brees can't make a big play. Yeah, 100%. I just don't understand that the math doesn't make sense. Bill Belichick used to have a rule. Now, he obviously changed it a couple of years ago, but he used to have a rule. They used to run a lot of trick plays where they ran, you know, the, the, the flea flickers, all stuff where the, you know, the end arounds receiver or a running back would throw the football or whatever. And none of them worked very well. And finally Bill said, listen, we have Tom fucking Brady. Nobody throws the football, but Tom, that, yeah. that's my rule. And I'm done. And now, then, now you know, he did have Julian throw five. No, touchdown that's what passes. I'm saying. They changed that only for Julian. But even still, they kept Tom on the field. One one trick play. But, you know, you're not even running trick plays with Taysom. You don't even have the element of disguise because, yeah, Breeze comes off. So we know exactly what you're doing. I got to get an answer on this. Michael jumped in and said, another system quarterback. Now, are you talking about Breeze or you're talking about Taysom Hill? Like, surely, surely you ain't talking about Breeze. Breeze is unbelievable. Like I, I will say this, he he kind of helped invent the spread with Joe Tiller at uh, at Purdue, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, Taysom Mills' contract, by the way, that he just signed, um, signing bonus, he gets a guaranteed four million this year, four million next year, guaranteed his base salary, ten point seven million in twenty twenty one, only eight hundred forty one thousand this year, uh, his dead cap space. For this season, it's sixteen million. Next year, it is, or sorry, cap hit this season four point eight million. Next year, it is sixteen point one five nine million dollars. Is he worth sixteen million dollars to your cap next year? You do realize Andy Dalton just signed for three million dollars, right? I'm just like, if he becomes the starter, he gets seven. I don't get it. Uh, Michael's talking about Hill. This is a team that's really bad at cap space, by the way. If you look at the Saints every year, they're one of the – they just keep living on borrowed time. I keep thinking that eventually this is a team that's going to go from 12, 13 wins, compete for a Super Bowl, 
to falling off a cliff because at some point in time, the cap comes for all of us. It's like yeah. the government and taxes, baby. They at one day you're gonna have to pay. They're gonna pay, and and they can't keep signing these contracts the way they are and living the way they do. But they do. I've been saying that for six, seven years. I know. I, one I, day I mean, it's, the, the, they're gonna have to let everybody go. It's it's really don't. been the last four years. Like, four years straight, been we've been trying to figure out how in the world are they fielding a competitive team. And right now, they've got a they've got a great roster right now. Like, well, I'm going to tell you how. They have drafted better than anybody in the I, – I do believe over the last four years, they have hit more on their draft picks and busted less on their draft picks than anybody else. So, so we trust their uh, their draft. Let's go ahead and talk about whether, we're not, uh, whether or not we like their draft. Cedar Ruiz, Zach Bond, and Adam Troutman, we're going to – Keep I like Tommy the Stevens first two, of but everything else I know about this team, I, I'm going to say no. That doesn't mean that I'm right, but I, I don't like this at all. It, I love Braun, and I, you know. Yeah, Zach Braun, uh, Cesar, I think I, I think I like Cesar Ruiz. I think I like this draft. I, th- I mean, it's only three picks. It's hard to it, say. I mean, you, it's they don't have as many picks, bites at the You've got to take into effect all those guys they gave up to get the four picks. Yeah, uh, Ben jumped and in. And I hate one, one of their picks I think they completely wasted. I think they just threw away. Yeah, that's Ben said, why would the Saints draft a Taysom Hill when they literally have the Taysom Hill? Have Taysom Hill. And they've got him locked up for at least two years, and they can't get rid of him. They can't move him. Yeah, but, I mean, the dead cap is, I mean, it's absurd. Like, even if you were to cut him, yeah. like, so, it, so God, it Out of so the much. four picks, one we don't know anything about, and the other one we openly dislike, how on earth can I say I like that? And the I mean, one I, I don't know I, anything about, you gave up like seven picks to get that guy. It, but, but you admitted like they didn't, they didn't, they were, it was but all guys you would take flyers. I would rather, I'll tell you this. I would rather take flyers. Philosophy. That's his philosophy. I would rather have control over the flyers I'm taking because if you get the Donovan Peoples-Jones, if you get the, 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 the Kenny Hill or Hamlin or whatever, the guy from Ohio State, if you hit on those guys, then you're not cutting them. Those guys aren't getting cut. You're cut. You're getting guys that are getting cut from other teams. I would rather have control over the guys I bring in and let me do the cutting. That's, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Okay, I can understand. I, this dude better turn into Gronk. He better turn into Jimmy right. Graham, or he ain't worth it. Let me before we close off of the Saints. Let me look and see what his measurables were. Adam Troutman out of Dayton. Uh, he is six foot five. Let's see. He's a kind of an older guy, from what I understand. I think he's a fifth-year senior, right? Yeah, redshirt senior, six-five, two hundred fifty-five pounds. Um, okay, you know he ran a four-eight forty-yard dash, uh, eighteen bench press, thirty-four and a half vertical jump, one hundred fourteen broad jump, blah blah blah. Uh, three cone drill, six point seven eight. It's pretty good time. Twenty-yard shuffle or twenty-yard shuttle. Underwear Olympian. This is what you take late. This is not what you give up your whole late for. For for uh for one guy, I mean if he if he turns out then the draft is a win. If he didn't, then okay. As a, Maui looks yes. good there, man. A very majestic looking. Getting big. He is getting big. Good gracious. He's, he's like, not real happy that I'm not giving him attention. No, nah, I can I can tell. I can understand. Hey, we're going too long. Lincoln was the same way. I understand. So we we he's are just in, quiet. This 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 one don't make any noise. Now you got that right. The other one just yells all the time. Good lord. Uh, let's move in. Let's talk about the next one. The Carolina Panthers. 
their win total for this season with uh, new coach Matt Rule, new offensive coordinator Joe Brady, six is their win total. That is the lowest in the NFC South. They needed defensive line help, safety help, and cornerback help. We understand that is for this season. Let's go ahead and discuss exactly what they drafted this year, and they are the first team in quite some time to take nothing but defensive players in the draft. Now, they they had seven picks. That's it. They had two second-rounders, no third-rounders, but then they had a pick in the first and the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. So, let's, uh, let's just kind of run them down right quick, and then we'll see what happens. They got defensive lineman Derek Brown out of Auburn. They got edge rusher Yeter Gross-Matos out of Penn State. They got safety Jeremy Chin out of Southern Illinois. They got cornerback Troy Pride Jr. out of Notre Dame. Safety Kenny Robinson out of West Virginia. Defensive lineman Bravion Roy out of Baylor. And then cornerback Stantley Thomas Oliver out of Florida International. All defensive guys. Um, Derek Brown, I will say... We were fans of this pick early on, and, and I thought, even I thought today. He, like, I think we're going to look back in three years or five years, he could be the best defensive player to come out of this draft. Yeah, I, I think defensive linemen have a chance to make a bigger impact on the game early in their career than almost any other position, you know? Like, safety might be a close second to that because I think safety can, uh, can kind of change the way that the game is played. But, I mean, you, you got... You got a defensive lineman. You got an edge rusher in Yuter Gross-Matos at number 38 in the second round uh, out of Penn State who, you know, some people were questionable about his measurables and blah, blah, blah. Look, the guy produced at Penn State. Like, we'll, we'll see what happens at, at the NFL level, but I, I got faith in him. And then safety Jeremy Chin, I mean, that, it comes out of a, a long line of NFL, you know, legacy. Uh, let's see, what is... Uh, Pro Football Focus, Yeter Grossmeadows, uh, while his grade did not or did improve every year of his career at Penn State, Grossmeadows never had high-end production at the collegiate level. He finished the 2019 season ranked 32nd among qualifying edge defenders in overall grade. That was 84.7. There's an awkwardness in the way Grossmeadows rushes the passer that is tough to ignore. His lack of dominance despite dominant tools gives us pause. And then they said they uh, they traded picks number 69 and 148 to move up to 64 to draft former SIU safety Jeremy Chin. Chin has peak athletic tools for the safety position, but he's far more athlete than football player at this point. Carolina has that defined box role, so he'd be the best box safety in that defense. If you're banking on him uh, being a box safety, they had some typos in this, uh, I'm not sure he's necessarily your guy. I don't think he brings it to the table. I was hesitant on him because of the competition he played at Southern Illinois, and that tentativeness at the position, a guy that plays below his athletic traits, is worrisome. I look at this differently than PFF does. Uh, that is all that that Matt Rule has done for years is draft athletes and teach them to play the way that he wants them to play. So yep. if you got a fantastic athlete, you teach him to do what you want him to do. This is the Bill Belichick way of going about it. Um, let's see. <laughs> Hold on, I, I got to get caught up on the uh, on the quotes. Hold on. Uh, or not quote, sorry, the uh, the chat. Tim Crosby said, how does crab leg get better in uh, New Orleans? We've already been over the Jameis stuff. We'll talk about Jameis again before the season, I, I promise. Uh, McKinnon said, I don't know how no one tried picking up Nick Coe from Auburn in the draft. I believe he signed as an undrafted free agent. But damn, I think he's gonna he's good to be undrafted. There were a lot of really good undrafted players. This was a, a very deep draft, okay? Yep. Um, Michael said, favorite pick was Jeremy Chen, Atwater's nephew, 
wanted him to wear number 27 for Denver. Yeah, when you got other NFL teams that wanted the player, you drafted the right guy. Like, he's an athlete. He might not have shown a whole lot at Southern Illinois, but, I mean, would anybody have watched? Would anybody have seen what he did at Southern Illinois? I mean, he's an athlete. Like He's period an athlete. And then Tim said, you both loved rule in college. I hope he sucks in the pros. Um, <laughs> but that's coming from a Bucks fan. Uh, McKinnon said, I love the Panthers draft. I really do. They don't have any major needs on offense, and they took exactly what they wanted and needed hard to beat that kind of draft. Yeah, they took all defensive guys. They needed a ton of help on defense. I mean, if you look at their needs, defensive line, safety, and cornerback, they needed defense. So they went and they drafted defense. That's the yep. smart way to go about it. And what I was saying about Rule, Tim, the reason why we loved Matt Rule in college is he could take athletes. He he found guys that fit a certain specific measurable that he wanted, and he brought them in, and then he developed them. He taught them to play the position that he wanted them to play and that they would be most successful at. And I think he's going to be able to do the same thing at Carolina. Jeremy Chin in the third round, he is an incredible athlete. He may not have shown a whole lot at the safety position at, at Southern Illinois, but as a box safety, he could be incredible. And I think you can. Do, now, he may not be the first year, obviously, but he's a third-round pick. Who gives a shit right now? Like, you're developing him over, over the years. I think this is a fantastic draft by the Carolina Panthers. I Like, I like what they did here. Um I mean, obviously, you got some flyers that you took, you know, late in this, around five, six, seven. But you you got guys. You got athletes that you can teach to play the way that you want them to play. And I, I think that's what Bill Belichick does, right? Yep. Yeah, no, I, I he made it clear, in, if you watch the draft, he said, we addressed everything on offense in free agency, which means we had to use draft capital on defense. And he he made it clear we got to hit on some of these guys. It's not it's not a hundred percent. It's not as secure as signing a free agent who you've seen be proven at it. But it doesn't cost you nearly as much. And uh, and so you know it's smart move. He he needed defense. He went all defense. And uh, they're going to bring him in and they're going to work him out and they're going to see what they can do. I trust this coaching staff to be able to develop the I players that they've got. That's I, I mean, period. And, I mean, obviously, we'll see. It's a different level when you get to the NFL as opposed to in college football. Uh, but in college, you're taking kids from, you know, high school and, and teaching them to be men at the same time that you're trying to teach them to be, you know, football players. It's a little bit different. But I I like what they did. I, I like this. I like this draft. Like, I, that that's the fun part about not having to, like, put a letter grade on it. I can just tell you if I liked it or not. Tim jumps in with the yeah. thumbs up. Thumbs up, Tim. We appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I like this. I, you know, fifty percent. You know, one way or the other, I, I'm going over fifty percent. I like the uh, the Panthers draft, even if it was well, all defense. And he, players. here's the thing I like about going all defense in today's world in the draft. I wonder, do they think there's market inefficiencies? I fully believe that the draft offensive players do get overdrafted because they're flashy and they've got the names that everybody wants and needs. It, th- there's no reason that Brown should have been sitting there. There's just not, Agreed. but quarterbacks are too valuable. Um, you know, offensive linemen in this draft or two, like it's just, it's not a sexy position and he should have been taken second or third in this draft. And that's just, that's just the truth. 
Yeah. Um, but but I, I think I think you find more market inefficiencies drafting defensive players than you do offensive players because less defensive players get drafted. Yeah, that's 100% true. 100% true. Last up, we've got the Atlanta Falcons. Seven and a half wins is their current Vegas total. They needed cornerback, linebacker, and edge rusher. So basically, they needed defensive help, and that's 100% true. They they got the weapons on offense. They got pieces. Um, McKinnon already jumped in on Facebook. Hard to believe there's a division in which Matt Ryan is the worst QB1 in the division. Definitely excited to see how the season goes for the division as a whole. Um, look, it, I, I think it's between Matt Ryan and, and Teddy. You know, at, Teddy's like, I, not I, proven yet. Let's be yeah. real careful before you give it up to Teddy. Now, I kind of hope he is the worst because I'm not a fan. Hey, yeah, you're you're not a fan of the Falcons. I like the Falcons though. I I don't have a problem with the Falcons. Um, now I, I will gladly make fun of them just the way that I will everybody else. But that's okay. Incredibly boring football team. I see. I think they're exciting, but I, I think it's no, exciting no, in a different kind of way. Exciting about them because I I, I think they can beat anybody, and I think they can get housed by anybody. And that's that's what makes them exciting. But um, all their games are boring. All their games are terrible. And they were last year for sure. Uh, Every Falcon game you watch is just a snooze fest. Matt Ryan is a very good quarterback. Matt Ryan is really boring. Yeah, Matty Ice uh, hadn't really lived up to the name a whole lot, uh, other than the uh, the Super Bowl season. But I mean, he had massive yards last year. And just you know, defense was awful. Uh, Tim said, "Can they bring Cam back into uh, backup Teddy?" Uh, no, Carolina will not be bringing Cam Newton back. Uh, McKinnon, outside of Davidson, I'm not super happy with the Falcons draft. He's a damn stud. Uh, Terrell was a bad pick that I'm hoping I'm just dead wrong on. They're touting him like the next coming of the corners, but I don't drink that much Kool-Aid. Uh, Michael said, Atlanta got pass rush help after struggling the last couple of years, and they took a pick for Chris. Yeah, they did. They did. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh Carlos Gomez jumps in on YouTube. Good to see you, Carlos. I had A.J. Terrell as a reach for the Falcons. I had Jalen Johnson. Gladney and Trevon Diggs is better prospects. 100%. 100%. Yeah, um, and, and I'm also the guy that says, why the hell are all these cornerbacks going so early? There was elite-level safety there, elite-level linebacker play there. And, and there were better just, quarterbacks. And better, cor- and better players at the position you took, and I'm just leery of that position. So. Let's let's roll through what they took. Uh, round one, they uh, they had six total picks. Round one, A.J. Terrell, cornerback out of Clemson. Round two, defensive lineman Marlon Davidson, who we both love out of Auburn. Uh, round three, center Matt Hennessy out of Temple, who is a beast, even if you hadn't watched him a whole lot. We, you and I yep. both watched a lot of Temple games last year. Uh, that that guy can change the game, or at least he did for uh, for the Owls last, the last year. two three years. Yeah. Uh, oh. Round four, linebacker Mikel Walker uh, out of Fresno State. Round four, safety Jalen Hawkins out of Cal. Round seven, punter Sterling Hoffreiter out of Syracuse. And that is what Michael was talking about. Taking a punter with a pick. What are you doing? Whatever. Um, it, look, first round, A.J. Terrell, cornerback out of Clemson. There were better cornerbacks, we feel like, that were on the board. Now, we can be absolutely wrong, and we have no problem admitting when we are wrong. If A.J. Terrell comes in and lights up the league, then that's fine. But at 16, that was a bit of a reach, and there is absolutely zero way that he was higher on their horizontal board than C.D. Lamb was, who went in the next pick. And I understand you already got wide receivers. You already got your offense is set. But as far as value goes, if you are a smart franchise— you take the best player in that position. C.D. Lamb was a top 10 pick that fell to 17. 
You had the 16th pick. You had the option to go get him. Imagine an offense where you've got Calvin Ridley. Or trade that pick to somebody who's willing to give you a fortune for CeeDee Lamb. Because you can get A.J. Terrell later. Yep. I don't understand it. Either way. Round two, they got Marlon Davidson, defensive lineman out of Auburn. We we were both big on those two guys out of Auburn. Uh, yeah, no, the, the, those two yeah. boys are going to be massive NFL stars. And, they and the just fact, are. The fact that you get Davidson at forty-seven, I mean that I'll give him. I'll give him that. Here's here's I, I I don't know why he fell. I thought it was. I love Brown. Brown is the elite of the two of them, but I don't know that he's that much better than Davidson. Uh, day two, this is what PFF said about Marlon Davidson. He said, Davidson falls closer to the tweener side of the spectrum or defensive lineman than the versatile side. His flexibility is impressive for a bigger dude, but he doesn't have the burst to threaten NFL tackles. Bulking up and kicking inside looks like his best bet. He is no, largely... he's probably going to play inside, but I that kind of I kind of assume that all along. He's a largely, uh, or he is largely a projection considering he didn't play a ton of reps along the interior at Auburn. That is just Oh, God, crap. I don't care about all that. Well, he didn't play that in college, he so said, but he now has... will he do good at it? You know what he's really good at? Taking the guy in front of him, pushing him on the ground, and making a tackle. Uh, he, they said uh, he has all the tools to offer a high-end production at the position in the NFL. Uh, Michael said 100% right, Chris. Safety, if elite, can cover and play the run. They can play three positions. I think Simmons... Uh, had a quote about that prior to the draft, 100%. Uh, McKinnon, who replied to Tim, Tim said Atlanta always gets one solid pick. The rest are usually awful. McKinnon said, amen to that. Been a Falcons fan since 04. Nothing but rarely enjoy the draft. Um, let's let's talk about that third-round pick as well right quick. Hennessy, uh, the center out of Temple, who we just talked about, can play on the move. That's a coveted skill at the center position today. We worry about his high-cut, slight build, holding up at center against power. He ranked fourth among centers and 103rd among all players on PFF's big board. Yeah, I mean, it, you, you might have reached a little bit, but look, that was a position of need, and it, I, I think he's going to play. I, I like Hennessy. He, I understand yeah. when you talk about measurables and all that kind of crap. I, I get it. But I also look at the players playing football, and if they are good football players, I trust that they will be able to translate, for the most part, to the NFL. It, maybe I'm wrong on that. Do you feel the same way? No, I look, I look at – so for offensive linemen, if you're not going to be one of the elite guys and you're looking at second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth-round guys, what I care about is how many snaps did you play in college? How many years were you a starter in college? Because if you're a three-year starter in college, i got to assume that I can figure out something for you to do in the NFL. Yeah. and I, I, I just do because you're good enough to, to take the beating, take the coaching, and keep your starting job for – Long periods of time. I just got to figure it out. Now, I'm very skeptical of guys that are smaller schools, don't compete with a lot of other people, come in, have one really good season, and don't have all the size measurables. Those are all the red flags. Now, I don't I don't give yeah. a shit. I ain't touching that kid. Yeah, I understand. I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Uh, rounds four through seven, they got two fourth-rounders and one seventh-rounder. We're, we're not going to touch on the punter. At the kid at Syracuse – had a lot of chances to punt this year. We'll just say that. So obviously he can uh, he can look good on a on a highlight reel. Uh, but in the fourth round, they took linebacker Mikael Walker out of Fresno State, and they took safety Jalen Hawkins out of Cal. Obviously, big fans of Cal's defense. What Justin Wilcox did there was ridiculous, uh, and the safeties that he had were able to play. 
they were good. They're good players. If you can get that kid at, at 134, 100%. And then uh, Mikhail Walker out of Fresno State, yeah, Tedford did not win with offense the last two seasons. Their defense at Fresno State was borderline ridiculous. Like, I, I could not... It, if there was one thing that you would have told me about Jeff Tedford coming back to college football, that would be it. It's... It, just the most ridiculous thing you could possibly say is Jeff Tedford is going to win with defense for two straight years. That's it. Like, I I don't know what else to tell you. Jeff Tedford's defense was unbelievable. Um, I just, you know, McKinnon said, I almost never get to enjoy one of my college guys play for one of my two pro teams. I think they just killed the Davidson pick. I know I already said it, but damn, I'm excited for him to rise up. Yeah, if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan, be excited about Davidson. Be excited about Hennessy, even. Um... You know, A.J. Terrell, hope for the best. Just hope for the best. Like, I, we think he reached. But, I I, I mean, who's to say? Like, I, 16 just seemed way too early. And and we weren't the only ones that believed that. No, um, yeah, there's a lot of people that thought that. And I just, I yeah. just you know, that oh, was just too crazy. much. I'm, I'm just leery. I'm leery of some of those Clemson defensive kids because they played – virtual high school teams for 80% of their college career. Maybe 90% of the college career. Now, they look great against Tua and that Alabama offense in, in 2018, but against Joe Burrow and that bunch. But they wasn't even just Joe Burrow. Ohio State cut them up first half of the game. Yeah. I mean, they, they couldn't. They didn't score touchdowns on them. But, they moved you know. the football, though. They had a ton of yards. Uh, yeah, they had a ton of yards, but they didn't score. I mean, that, Ohio State only had 23 points for the entire game. I mean, that's, that's on them, you know. Like, they... they we can go rehash that again if we need to, but it, look, at Ohio State cost themselves the ball game. Um, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about AJ Terrell being able to stop a receiver. No, nah, he he really wasn't able to. And when he went up against good receivers, he didn't stop them. Yeah, he looked great against you know the crap coming out of Florida State, Miami's garbage offense. Sure. Yeah. Uh, by the looked way, like stars. Go ahead and give applause. Restream, let us know. We, uh, we've received 100 messages today on the Restream chat. Thank you guys, obviously, for always jumping in here. Fantastic stuff, as always. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to say that I like the Falcons draft. Now, it's not my favorite draft. But I, I like what they did other than that first-round pick. Um, you I, know. I didn't like it because I didn't love anything other than the second-round pick. I, I think... You know, the fourth-round picks with the kid out of Fresno State and Cal, I, I like those. Obviously, you know, you were going defense with a lot of this. You, you drafted a cornerback, you drafted a defensive lineman, you drafted a linebacker, you drafted safety, and, and you hope for the best, right? And these are all kids that, that I believe can end up being good NFL players. I, I like it. I don't love it, but I like it. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Um, with that said, who do you think ended up winning this draft out of this division? I think the Bucks did. I think you're probably right. Yeah. I think, I think they got the best. Right. Oh, never mind. They didn't have the best player. I think Brown's the best player in the draft. I think they got the most um, high-end talent. I do, too. I do, too. I think the players they took are going to to just – I, I think they took less flyers. I think they took guys that are going to produce and are going to be productive NFL players. Yeah. And I think some of these guys – we're going to see get cut in the next year or two. Uh, Michael jumped in. He said, just want to say thanks, fellas. You give us the platform to chat and have these conversations. I definitely enjoy it and appreciate it. McKinnon said, I'm glad one of us liked it as a Falcons fan. So, 
Yeah, I'm with you. I understand where you're coming from. I I don't think it was like I say this. I don't think it was terrible. Like it's well, no. At, at some point in time, somebody's got to be the loser. If all if all four teams did good, then I I will. Worst. Uh, so so who do you think won the draft? I think I think the Bucks won the draft. You I know think, what? They didn't lose the draft. They didn't lose the Saints lost the draft. I I think the Saints. Yeah, I Saints think the Saints lost. lost. Saints 100% lost the draft. They took four picks. They gave up a lot of picks to get a pick that we don't know anything about. I don't know anything about. And, and, and the first and they, two picks and were... And they took a wasted pick completely just to piss somebody else off. That's stupid. Yeah. I, I, petty I, bullshit never wins. I don't, you know, I I I like the I like some of the players that the... I, I How about this? Instead of liking, I understand what the Saints were trying to do in this draft, aside from that seventh-round pick. Their their first three picks in the draft was Zach Bond and uh, and and Cesar Ruiz and Adam Troutman. I I understand where they were going. I don't necessarily like it. I I think they lost this NFC South draft, um, and I think the Bucks won it. Like I, I think the Bucks are set up better long term. I think they got players that are going to be around longer. So yeah, you know, and I then and then the Falcons and the Panthers. I mean, they're right there in the middle. We'll just see what happens. So. I would say the Panthers did better next after the Bucks, but I yeah they got the single best player out of the draft. If I had to rank them, I would I would go Bucks, Panthers, Falcons, and then Saints. That's the way I do. Yeah, I'm 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 okay with that. I'm okay with that. So, I'm good with it. All right, we'll is there anything on. else that we need to hit on today? Nope, that's it. Let's get out of here. That Let's is it. All right, guys, this was a longer one than uh, than usual. Again, we appreciate all of you jumping in on the chat. This has been fantastic. You guys are wonderful. Share the show out with your buddies. Tell your friends about it. Leave a nice comment and a nice review on the podcast. Make sure you are subscribed. As always, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. and We will see you again tomorrow. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.